Today. Thursday. Now. Today and now. Okay, I do have to say before we even get started that Star Wars is coming out. Oh, it's tonight. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, how can I focus on being present because I'm so excited and a little sad because it's like, this is it. But just mm. so like, you know, connected to the story, like that, the hero's journey that is present in Star Wars is so just, oh, it's just there. You can pull the threads and, you know get very very connected to all the characters in that way and being a part of something that's bigger than yourself the force ah the force and a cause justice equality um freedom yes so i can see what we could talk about for a whole hour (laughs) we're not going to talk about star wars for an hour so those of you that are like oh god we don't care about star wars we're done i promise no we're not (laughs) here's why you care (laughs) because we are here on on this adventure, right? It's it's this audacious dare to to be in the incarnation of the human comma being. I mean, it's really with all between all the pitfalls, the perils, the joys, the terrors. Epic um, battle scene. <laughs> doing up against the laundry and getting the kids from school, right? Like we all have this adventure mm-hmm. we're on. Mm-hmm. And when we start to understand that and we start to recognize that every, every adventure, whether you call it an adventure, a mythology, a fairy tale, mm-hmm. there are key components that are... Um, unilaterally in all great stories, right? There is the main character, you. There are your your crew, <laughs> your friends, your tribe. Your co-pilot. Or, yes, yes. There's the the villain or villains in your life that, that you perceive you're up against, right? The, the person that you want to withhold love from, that you have so many complaints about, that you really believe is bad and wrong, right? It doesn't always have to be like the Vader in your life. Sometimes it's a relative, a family member, your partner, a coworker, right? There's always somebody the hero is up against, perceives they're up against. Um, and then there's the, the special amulets and, and, mm. and things, like the magical, uh, mystical things. And for the some maps. People, yes, maps. And, and for some people, it's a special bracelet with a special sound. Or, or what are your magical amulets? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, my necklace, of course. Magical rock. I mean, I have magic rock. Used to sell those. Okay, she literally sold magic rocks. They were. The magic magic part might be debatable. (laughs) They might have been driveway rocks. She believed that they were magical. (laughs) But I have my Star Wars earrings on today. I mean, the symbol symbolism Mm -hmm. is so profound. Mm -hmm. Yep, your magical amulets. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's oftentimes someone will give you. Or it'll be it'll be shown to you, or it'll be revealed from the earth. Christopher has lived here for a zillion years, and one magical day, like the earth, I don't even know how long it would have taken for the earth to offer this up. It was this beautiful copper dragon bracelet, and it was definitely a man's bracelet. Like it mm. wasn't. It was you know it was without question. So so things are offered up to you um, that are just remarkable, and you can feel there's some mm-hmm. there's something to it. And then there's the mentors and the guides that show up in your life, right? You ha- we all have those when we take pause to, to scan the story of our life and see, oh, right, there's where my mentor showed up. For many of us, it was uh, a high school educator. Mine was Bob Winchester, my, my health teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my Yoda at the time. <laughs> and he was my Yoda by, by being present and remarkable, and he believed in me. 
you know, he didn't talk like Yoda. Right. Yet he had, you know, he had syntax that was not Yoda-ish. Um, yet his words went right to my heart. The wisdom of his his love and compassion, um, of his really his wisdom and compassion, just in practical language, went right to my heart. And he believed in me. Mm. He was my my one of my many Yodas in my life. Obi Wan. Yes, mm. yes. He was yeah. He was a combo. Obi Wan Yoda combo. Mm. Um, who are the ones that come to mind when you think of your? Well, I mean, Jason Trumbull was, you know, my high school teacher that kind of had that same impact and effect. Yeah. Um, uh, so many Mac. through the years. Yeah, Mac. Like, I don't know if Mac... It's Hi, probably Mac. unlikely that Jason is watching, but Mac might <laughs> see this. Mac. Um, yeah, I mean, just incredible educators. Diane, you did. Oh, great. Um... Diane, I mean, I went to ACS, LACS now, and there were such incredible, epic opportunities for mentorship in that building because it was set up, you know, family groups and, and small groups of students and families that were created, uh, that it gave more opportunity, I think, for mentors to show up. There was less of like the, the quickness and the in and out of the bell schedules and stuff. Um, so Diane uh, certainly was another one from... LACS that served as a mentor. Um, oh gosh, youth so group? many through the years. Is she the same person from youth group? No, so Luann Elizabeth was my youth group leader in high school and mm-hmm. she was just phenomenal. Right, and, and so incredible. here's the essence of resiliency, mm-hmm. right? So that we can keep active and engaged in this journey uh, with uh, because we have people in our lives that that just believe in us. And you can see in their eyes reflected back, their faces, right? Everything's in the face. Everything you need, everything you need to to, to perceive and, and, and get from someone is all revealed in the in their faces if you're really present to them. And these faces of your Obi-Wans and your Yodas, your mentors, your guides, um, reflect back to you. You believe in yourself, whether it's momentarily or on, it goes right into you, you know, bypasses here and goes here. It keeps this 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 fire of your aliveness and your your willingness your willingness to be a participant in this in this game of love um it's through the faces of others that that we we see uh this they they reflect back to us our magnificence and our our goodness Mm -hmm. so um you know resiliency research on resiliency just says that you minimally if you have someone other than it's typically not a family member 15 minutes a week 15 minutes, it's like, that's all you need. A child needs. I mean, that's on, on the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. That alone, being in the presence of another adult that that you perceive believes in you is strong enough to cultivate the the ability to be resilient with whatever else is going on in life. Mm-hmm. Isn't that remarkable? So anyway, uh, so Star Wars mentors. Yeah, Star Wars mentors. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too, it reminds me of one of the reasons why this time of year, this time of year can have a, a wide range of emotion for people. Um, and I think that the emotion fluctuates, you know, even throughout the day and, and as these big holidays get closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And what I love universally about this time of year is people's willingness culturally to step into magic. 
to step into like the wonderment and the excitement and just like the frenetic building of something. And that energy is palpable. And, you know, Star Wars reminds us to be present to the force that's all around us in this time of year. It's like, are you being of good cheer? Are you, you know, entering into that zone of um, being kind? You know, there, there's this extra added element in of kindness and gratitude and forgiveness and love through this season. And, you know, of course, if I actually had a magic wand, it would be that that feeling, that holiday joy feeling never ended, you know, it just happened. You know, we woke up excited about the snowfall in the middle of February. I'm probably not that great at that. <laughs> I, I definitely love it a little bit more in December <laughs> for whatever reason that I can work on that. So I just, you know, it, it brings us into that childlike wonderment. Mm. Which is one of our human needs. All wonder, awe and wonder, which really afford us access to our uh, joy, which is our true nature. Like it's, it's like we don't need to do anything to learn how to be joyful or it's, it's, it's more like a, a revealing. There's mm. the, our, our joy is, is revealed through us and as us um, when, when the mind is not agitated joy just follows right it just joy gets covered up it doesn't we don't need to learn anything to feel to connect to our inherent joy um okay so a couple of things we wanted to talk about today we wanted to to invite you into two really simple and potent exercises that can really shift your experience with the holidays okay this is this definitely tends to also not only be a time of magic on the other side of the equation for some people um there can be a lot of pressure mm. on self, self-imposed pressure, <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though it may appear to be imposed by others. Societal really ultimately, pressure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is um, uh, familial uh, uh, patterns and, and rituals, mm-hmm. right? Trends, expectations. We really want to help you to identify what are your expectations that you may have of yourself uh, over this holiday season. That's the first inquiry. And the second one is, and what are some expectations you may have of other people that you just might not be aware of? So uh, I remember hearing this phrase, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. And that time and time again, when I catch my own expectations, boy, do I see the truth of that. Boy, do I recognize and feel the truth of that. So the first inquiry, and this is something that you really can do ideally on paper. It's very, very valuable to just mm-hmm. let your mind slow down such that you can like write on, as if you're writing a grocery list of what are your expectations of yourself. That may not be so obvious what they are. So here's how we suggest you go about flushing them out. How would you fill in the blanks? Like you could write this 20 times uh, <clears throat> on a bullet p- uh, list and fill in the blank. Uh, in the next week, I should do blank. Or you could say, I need to do blank. And fill in the blank as many times, of as many things that you can think of. What are some things that come to mind if you think I need to do 
Like, how would you how would you fill some of those out? I need to go buy presents for the kids' teachers. I need to bake cookies. I need to send out cards to everybody that I know. I need to get a family portrait taken. I need to wrap presents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to go to the concerts. I have to go to that party. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So some of those. Let's take the... Uh, I'm going to pick one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about the, the, I need to write cards to everybody. Mm. So let's pretend, oh, okay. So the next step would be, I really, I can't pick one for you. You have to, so pretend you could see that whole list written mm. down mm-hmm. and you look at some, okay? okay. Now, which one does not bring you joy? Which one feels like it's a, I should do that. Not a, I get to. Okay. So, so now we're going to look at the word need. We're going to swap out the word need for, I need to buy presents. Is that a, I, I get to or I should? Right. Which one of those feels true for you? I think that'd be I get to. Yeah, I get to. So get you to. keep it. You keep it. Fun. You keep that one. You don't cross that one out. Though you do change the language mm-hmm. to be more accurate. No longer is it a, I need to get, I need to get presents. I get to buy the presents because now you're 100% in. You're at, you're at choice here. Okay. So let's say the second one. I need to write Christmas cards this year. Does that excite you? Does that delight you? Yeah. Really? (laughs) See, I'm now projecting. This is why I can't know what's best for someone. Because I'm like, oh, we can redline that that one one. immediately. (laughs) Yeah. So in your world, that brings you joy. Yeah. Well, the prep of doing the Christmas card brings me joy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's yeah. a, that's a get to or or should get to. Okay, she gets to keep that one. We're not really gonna be doing a good job. I know what one has to okay, go. Okay, go ahead and go to the third. Okay, one. so I don't actually have to make cookies. I'm so sick We're of pre- making cookies. Yeah, okay, right. Okay. So I get to say. Mm, so you had it. You that is a should. Them. That's a I I yeah. need to make cookies. Right? I need to make list? cookies. Okay, now you see it, you feel it, you're like. You're seeing the image of making cookies. Ugh. You're like, there. Ah! The mess everywhere. <laughs> Any of these elicit a, ugh. Everyone's going to help me. No one's going to help me. <laughs> no one's actually, they'll help for 30 Fantasy. seconds. And then they're like, we're done. This is boring. And I have 900 cookies to frost. No, not making cookies. Okay. So that's a should. Yeah. I should make cookies. <clears throat> Redline it. Mm-hmm. Is there another one that you could think of? I don't remember the list. That might be a, that was either a, I get to, or I should. Yeah. I mean, this isn't currently happening. And typically the list is, I have to go to like the Christmas concert at the kids' school. Um, (laughs) Which. (laughs) No, no, no. Good parenting. You know, (laughs) I think that like, it's not actually going to the con, to the concert itself. It's the like socializing that has to happen before and after. So, um, you know, this isn't my first rodeo with this process of game. So I can be like, <laughs> what do I actually want to do that night? And how will it be the most in the category of I get to? It'll, deli- it'll be delightful. It'll be delightful. Get there right at the, I'll get there the second held. that it starts. Have your seat held by a family member. And I will like- run away as soon as it's over because... I, I have to do something else. <laughs> I get to do something else. Because I get to go make Christmas cards. <laughs> right, exactly. I get to go make Christmas cards. I can't chat right yep. now. So you get to say. Yeah. You get to say how it goes. That's the whole point of this. Is yeah. flushing out what is on your list this season that is 
outdated that yeah. really is no longer your first choice anymore. Maybe at some point, like at some point in my life. Nope. Can't use that example. Oh, I used to love making cookies. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There yeah. Was, and I mean, it was authentic. Totally. Yep. And, and I created this expectation. You were talking about expectations. Mm -hmm. So this expectations that other people might have that cookies are going to be made, I created that expectation. <laughs> I fully orchestrated that we were going to have a cookie night. This is like... We've seen it in movies. Yes. That's we, what you do. Yeah. Uh, and there was a time that I really, really loved it. And then all of a sudden I didn't anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So life changes. Yeah. It's always changing. And let's pretend at some point your children did do the cookies with you because that was a fun thing when they were four or five. Mm -hmm. Right? Life is changing. So mm -hmm. it's like we're looking at now, now, now. You're never going to have this exact same holiday as you did last year or mm -hmm. five years ago. It's brand new. So it's a practice that when you flush it, you, you first and foremost identify what you think you need and use the word need. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this and I need to do that. Second pass is which ones are like, Bleh, give you the reaction. And then you, now here's the catch and here's where it can get a little tricky for people is when you want to redline it, you're like, oh, but it, oh, but, oh, oh but, but you want everyone is going to be mad. Oh, but I'm going to disappoint Aunt Sally. Mm. Oh, but if I don't, if I'm the only sibling that doesn't show up with to X, the Y, and Z with the, cookies. with the thing, then I'm, I, I, I will, uh, the perception is going to be that I don't care mm -hmm. or I'm a slacker or... <laughs> <laughs> there, there will be something that will prevent you. Your hand wants to cross mm. it off, yet the butt is interrupting that, okay? So now you've got two choices. You can flush out even further, what would it mean if I didn't do that thing? What am I worried or concerned will happen if I don't make the cookies and or bring the cookies to the party? Or you can just say, oh, I had no idea that's what was really driving that. I can release that. I really don't care. Or I'll send my family a note in advance. Hey, this year some different factors have been going on. I haven't been able to make Aunt Bethel's special ginger snap cookies. Mm. And I just want you to know up front, there's been a lot going on. You just share with people. Let them mm. into your world. Yeah. Right? So it's just truthful. And then if they have issue, that's that's not on you. That's that's other people's business, and they get to be with that. Mm -hmm. So, those are the steps to identify our hidden expectations because they're not always obvious. How you know you were, you had an expectation is uh, well, okay. How I know if I've had an expectation is I, I suddenly feel um, stern. I feel pouty. I know there's a third one. Resentful? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 So I'm on the lookout for those things. Though for me, that's how it expresses itself. How an expectation that's not fulfilled and a resentment is brewing will show up for me. For other people, it's going to be a different set of, of reactions. Mm -hmm. Do you have, what are your disappointment uh, sensations? Uh, I probably get a you little. You don't get pouty. I can get pouty. Well, we all can, but I don't think that's your go-to. It's not my immediate default. Right, uh, it, right. It's one of mine. Uh, you know, I'll get a little bit more like, well, 
if you're not going to do what I want to do, then I'm not going to do what you want. <laughs> You just get a little dictatory. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, then this is, I guess, what we're doing. You know, like, <laughs> we're just not going to care about each other's things. We're not going to care about um, each other at all right now. At all. <laughs> you know, and it's a fleeting. But it, what I will say about expectation, too, my own expectation. And when you're aware of them. When I'm aware. Mm-hmm. And I can go back to the cookie example. Is that why... You know, now I know why cookies are not appealing to me is my expectation would be that the whole family is around the table. We're all making cookies together and it's pleasant. (laughs) Everyone's getting along. There's Christmas music playing in the background. Oh, I've got the whole fantasy in my mind. And when that doesn't happen, I'm like, for real, guys, we can't pull it together to make some cookies. Like, not... Why? It's Christmas cookies. Like, let's just rally the joy. Uh, So it really came down to, I put that in the, you know, redlining category because it was so much more about my expectations not being met than, you know, fundamentally not enjoying baking cookies. It was was Mm -hmm. the expectations. I mean, they absolutely are the pathway to resentment. Oh, Okay. And then poutiness. Yep, poutiness. So step two now is so you so that those are the steps for you to identify what are your expectations this holiday. You're gonna free yourself up when you release the things that you don't that really don't bring you joy. It's like recondoing it. Does this bring you joy? Mm. Nope. No. <laughs> Throw it out. And be willing to then look at what has you feel worried or anxious or concerned if you don't do the thing. And then when you get present to that, you can hear your own wisdom guide you in how you can redline it, as well as communicate clearly if there is something to communicate. Mm. So the second set of expectations this holiday, if you want to let yourself and other people out of the prison that we keep everyone held hostage in with expectations, because that's what they do, uh, expectations will keep you hostage as well as other people. So this is a way to release everybody from, from the little cell with the door open is what expectations of others are you willing to release? So you wanna just pause and let scenes kind of flood you of how you want things to go this holiday. Um, if, imagine a family gathering where you, where you see who's going to be there and what is it that you would be disappointed in, whom or what would you be disappointed in if it didn't happen, or if they didn't show up, or if they didn't do something that you want them to do. Um, And then again, from there, the same process of, so it would sound something like this, Aunt Sally needs to do X, Y, or Z, uh, needs to bring a gift for my stepson Mm -hmm. as well, or I'll be disappointed. Right, so it's like you're kind of gonna get a, a little bit ahead of the curve and flush out some things that you're you're uh, really assuming somebody else should or shouldn't do. Mm. Now there are gonna be some booby traps that you can't anticipate, right? Because that's life. That's the game of life. Wouldn't be fun, weirdly enough, if we could predict all these things in advance. Though there are some things that have already happened in the past, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. presumably the way I would know that is if there was another holiday where I'm like, oh, I'm case building against Sally, mm-hmm. Aunt Sally, because last year she didn't bring a gift for my stepson. 
or the year after that she did and she brought him like not as nice of a gift mm -hmm. right see you hear all the assessment and the judging and the what we are saying what we're deciding is going on in aunt sally's world based on her actions so you just want to flush out the ones you already <clears throat> have been case building <laughs> family members and friends about and then some you're guaranteed some surprise ones well and i think <laughs> <laughs> very true very very true and i think that you know what's been helpful for me is creating a blank canvas or a blank slate you know wiping the slate clean with people in your life so if you are going to a gathering for example and let's say you have that cousin who kind of like shows up and rants about something that you don't agree with or gets overly intoxicated and is kind of loud and um frustrating that happened in the past and our brains are automatically going to go to that place like oh i gotta like i gear up gotta gear up you know history people call it girding your loins you can Google that. Um, you <laughs> gird your loins for this uh, to happen to Which you. Which is basically root lock, right? <laughs> no. It's like tucking your tunic around things so that you can like go into battle. You're oh, that's girding. not root lock. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe root lock is involved, but they didn't write that part down. Okay. Um, <laughs> I imagine my root lock would be very, very engaged if I was going into battle. <laughs> or family dinner. Um, <laughs> Isn't there that Christmas like mm -hmm. meme that says like keep calm and move the bond? Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Okay. I'll we'll get you that shirt for your next birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> girding loins. So instead of girding your loins <laughs> and engaging your root lock about your cousin who is a little uh, out there. Imagine that you see your cousin coming in for Christmas and, or, you know, whatever family dinner over the holidays and, and they're calm and pleasant and maybe they're in a new relationship and they're, you know, happy. If we're going to fantasize about what could go wrong, why not maybe fantasize a little bit about what could go right? And either way, we have no idea. So just noticing where you're slipping into the trap of like, well, this happened before and it's probably going to happen again. Aunt right. Sally's not going to bring And listen to our speech, right? We gossip in advance of an mm -hmm. event. It's like, oh, I got to go to the family dinner and Aunt Sally and her whiskey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So instead, just like open mind, clean slate, like this could be a really lovely experience. It doesn't, we think that we're preparing ourselves for the worst. And, you know, what is that horrible quote? It's like... Prepare for the worst, um, ex you know, expect the best, prepare for the worst, something like that. Um, it's like, don't, you're not actually going to make the situation more easeful if you're thinking about all the 18 ways that it could go wrong. Um, and instead, like, okay, this could be a really pleasant dinner. This could be really lovely. I haven't seen these people in a year. So much can change in a year. You know? Mm -hmm. and, and just give people space to grow and be different. And then also... Not holding the expectation there. <laughs> and the beautiful paradox of that is this may be the Christmas that Aunt Sally gets more loaded than ever. Right. And <laughs> what that gives us an opportunity to do is to, instead of sitting there seething, right, and case building more, how can we respond in the situation versus perhaps reacting? That's that's also another, another uh, key way of working with the holidays is that 
How would, how would compassion show you how to respond? And that doesn't mean sit there and, and, and you know, let's say somebody gets, uh, they drink too much and, and their way of being when they drink is to then get sarcastic and pick on people, right? right? And, and they, they don't know the line or they just push it. They, they get into the realm of, of hurtful. There is, you, we still have the responsibility of tending to ourselves, yet not throwing something back at someone else, right? Like, what would it look like if the kindest and clearest version of ourselves were to show up in that situation? So, again, sometimes it will happen again and again as opportunities for our own growth and evolution. Mm-hmm. And, and the last piece that, um, well, it may not be the last piece, here's what I'm present to also. What can really facilitate our ability to clean slate it, as Jeannie was saying, with people is to secretly and silently experience, again, we'll just, we talked about this a little bit at Thanksgiving, when here it is again, another holiday, mm-hmm. is what if you went into this, these, these connections, these, this time with your friends and family members with the secret, the secret and silent awareness that this might be the last time you're all ever together, right? And that awareness if it's really uncomfortable for you, in my opinion, just my opinion, that's awesome. That's really, really good. That gives you a baseline as to how often you give consideration to something that is very, very true in that everyone in your life at some point is going to change form and relationships change. Uh, the form of the people as we know, know them and are attached to them will change. Aunt Sally, this possibly might be her last holiday together with the family. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. So there's a way to live as that awareness that's right in the middle way. That's not paralyzing, but that also then doesn't have us sort of be a, a, a nut job either, right? Or like falling apart. This is, again, that's why I, I preface it by saying this is a secret and silent practice that you take on is just in those quiet moments where people are talking at the table or you're just, just observe. Just take in the whole scene, like go real aerial and just see and hold that awareness gently in that this may never happen again. Mm. There are people here that possibly will not be here next year and we don't know who that would be. It might be one of them, it could be you. So living as the awareness of I, as well as everyone else, will have a final exhale and we don't know when, is one of the swiftest and potent ways to allow you to allow others to be who they are with and releasing the judgment. It's not our job. It's not our job. We're either loving or judging. Our job is loving and to identify what, where do we, where do we bring our love back? Where do we keep hold it? What are the barriers that we place between ourselves and love? Mm-hmm. The judging is not our job and that's what we do. I, I judge. I'm not, I, I'm not free of this yet I'm on it. I can see it. I know what it feels like. I know what it sounds like. It doesn't feel good. Um, so these practices are designed to have you, what they do is when you live as these awarenesses, you really can live in, in the intimacy of the living moment of what's happening. Cause it's not going to happen again. And that's the only place that life is happening. It's the only place life is happening is in the living moment with one another. And that's it. So, those are our suggestions. Mm. Really invite you to test them. And, you know, these are practices that really are 
it doesn't matter if it's the holidays or not. These are, these are uh, practices that come out of our curriculum, the Keys for Exceptional Living, mm -hmm. as well as the Kundalini course um, and uh, Christopher's Radiant Warrior course. These are some of the founding principles that we, we invite our participants and students to test in their lives because they make radical, radical changes in your life when you live as these awarenesses. Um, so if that interests you and you'd like to learn more, you can check our website out for mm -hmm. courses that are coming up, 